This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 1252 of Horse Tip Daily, your almost everyday morsel of helpful hints, useful facts, and practical techniques for horse folks. Brought to you today by equestriancollections.com. horse people, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the monthly Certified Horsemanship Association episode on Horses in the Morning. Show co-host Christy Landwehr is joined by CHA instructor Cheryl West, and together they're going to take some of the mystery out of flying changes. And we'll get right to our tip after this from equestriancollections.com. When you need to resupply, replace, update, or invest in the stuff that makes your horse life possible, stop by equestriancollection.com first. Browse through some 7,000 boot choices from great brands like Ariat, Boggs, Mountain Horse, Ovation, Smoky Mountain, and more. Outfit yourself in the latest and the greatest. And don't forget your horse. EquestrianCollections.com offers some 400 blankets, sheets, and coolers from Buckus, Amigo, and Rambo by Horseware, Hug, Kensington, Triple Crown Custom, and Weatherbeta, just to name a few. Your horse will be warm and dry and stylish this winter. Not sure what type of saddle pad you want? Well, go to Equestrian Collections because they have over 600 different choices. No matter whether you ride English, Western, or bareback around the backyard, EquestrianCollections.com has the most amazing selection of brand name products you are going to find anywhere. So stop by today, EquestrianCollections.com. Cheryl, it's so good to have you on. Cheryl West uh, not only is a master instructor for us, but she also travels nationally teaching connected riding and rider biomechanics to all disciplines. And she owns West Equestrian Ranch in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. She teaches lessons to over 60-plus riders a week. So it is great to have you on today, Cheryl. How is everything in Oklahoma today? It's great. I cannot believe the weather here. It's like 60 degrees. It's going to be 80 on Thursday. No, no worries. So we stopped basically on um, explaining what a simple change is and how it works and how it can be done, of course, through the halt, the walk, or the trot. So what do you want to go ahead and describe a simple change as, and when do you know that your students are ready to actually try to do that? Um, A simple change to us, we generally, as a rule, practice a simple change through the walk. Um, We we tend to gravitate a little more towards the dressage disciplines, whether cowboy, English, or Western. So we like to encourage our horses to really sit down when we do a simple change, and so we ask them to do it through the walk. Um, We know a horse is really ready for a simple lead change when they are willing to take the correct lead off of the off of the rider's cues. So if my horse is going along and I pick up my inside hip and just barely put my outside leg on and I get a correct inside right lead, then I know he's ready to start changing that lead over when I ask him to it. 
Yeah, that makes sense. So based on that, what are some exercises? I know there's many different ways to teach um, someone to do a simple change. What are some of the different ways that you like to develop and perfect that maneuver? That's a great question. My favorite is probably going across a diagonal. So what we do is we start in the corner. We come around what we call the second corner on the short side, and we come across diagonally. And just after we come off the wall, we ask for the trot. Um, And then we go across the diagonal, and before the next wall, we might ask for the canter again just before we get to the wall so we can kind of start to turn and the horse starts to think, oh, I have to, I have to pick up the correct lead. And then we ask for the canter again with our canter aids. And then as the horse gets better and better, we like to close up that gap that we trot in and eventually put the walk in there instead so that we're going through the walk in the middle of the arena. And the closer that you get that gap where you're only maybe walking two or three steps or even trotting two or three steps, the more difficult it becomes for the horse and the more he has to listen to our aids. And that's that's my favorite one. There is another one that works good too. It is a little bit more difficult to do, but... Sometimes horses do better with the second than with the first, depending on the kind of horse you have. And the other is on a serpentine, which is three giant loops that go down the length of the arena. And as you do the big half circle to go across the arena, you can slow down to the trot or the walk, take your time, change your lead, and then ask for it again as you're coming again to the wall. And that works really well for some horses because the horses get a really good feel of the fact that we are changing direction. Um, And you can make that more challenging also by changing the distance that you do the walk or trot steps. So those are a couple of my favorites. Yeah, those are really good ones. So, to you, before you even start thinking about doing a flying lead change, what do you want to see the horse and rider be able to do through their simples in order to make that next step? So that's important that you can do either one of the exercises that we talked about. We want to be able to get those um changes really close so that you're only doing one or two strides of walk. So the horse learns to really sit down and think about collecting the front of the the horse up so he can lift and change efficiently from one side to the next. And that he understands that he's changing directions. When he understands that he's changing directions, he's going to be more likely to want to do what you want and go into that flying change a little bit easier. 
So I have heard so many times, oh, my horse just doesn't fly change. Well, yes, they do. Watch them in a pasture as they're running around and they're switching directions. All horses are born knowing how to fly change and all horses do fly change. But boy, don't you think, Cheryl, it is one of the mystical things that people can ride their entire lives and never execute one because of the challenge of it and the difficulty of it. And they also, I think, freak themselves out over it. Sometimes riders do. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's a lot of it. Now, the flying changes. If a horse doesn't like to do it, sometimes it's not because the horse can't do it, especially if you see him doing them out in the pasture on his own. Often the times that the cues of the rider are not clear to the horse and, and the horse doesn't understand what the rider wants. Um, a lot of times people will ask for a flying lead change and they will just change the position of their legs and the horse doesn't understand that they're actually trying to change the lead. So it's important to practice the exercises and then um, there's some different things that we can do to help the horse learn a flying lead change. And the most important thing you want to do is make sure that you're not just changing the position of your legs, but also the feel of your body. So when you're cantering to the right, your right hip feels like it's kind of leading in front. You want to make sure that now you're thinking about your left hip leading in front and that you have made a clear change with your leg and that your energy is also thinking about a change in direction. And sometimes that can help with that. My horse doesn't want to kind of problem. That's really good. So how can you explain to listeners then today um, the cues that you like to teach to be able to know exactly when to cue the horse for a flying lead change? Um, I think it's really helpful that we sit up tall first and let the horse know that we're about to do something. We do something that's called a half halt, which is a whole nother discussion. Um, and we change the position of our seat or our hips so that our seat bones are going in the new direction. And then you add your outside leg. And then some disciplines do it a little bit different. They might change the outside leg and the inside leg at the same time. We like to change the outside leg first and then use the inside leg as kind of a command, like ask, tell, command kind of deal so that the horse knows, oh, I really do have to do this and I really do have to change. Then if a horse won't do the flying change, we then break them down into our walk and then ask them to pick it back up so that they understand that they're supposed to do it. That is good. So, Cheryl, it's so good to have you on today. Much like you did for Simple Changes, those were two very clear examples of how you like to um, have the horse and rider execute them. What are some different ways that you like to have the riders try to exercise a flying change? Okay, yeah. So there's actually like three three different ways that I like to teach it. It kind of depends, again, on the horse and the rider and their skill level. Um, one, my first favorite is to kind of use the horse's instinct to their advantage, to your advantage as a rider. We talked about how out in the pasture, when they change direction, 
they automatically will change their leads so that they don't fall over and end up doing a very graceful roll in the dirt. So we want to use that to our advantage. So what you can do is you can start out going left around the arena and then do a change across the middle so that you're now cantering across the arena and around to the opposite direction and doing a what we call a counter canter or you're riding on the wrong lead. So then once you become on the wrong lead on that circle, you then change your aids by changing your seat and changing maybe the direction of the horse's head and your leg aids, and it'll give the horse the idea to change over because, my gosh, it's really hard to to canter on the outside lead going the wrong direction. And so then they sit down and they switch. And that's that's the first way that we can teach a horse to change and do a flying lead change. And it actually works pretty effectively. Um, another way is to do the serpentine exercise or the change across the diagonal and use that close to the wall and you do the same thing, you go through the walk and you do the flying lead change. That takes a little bit more timing on the rider's part, but often if you've schooled that enough, it doesn't take them long to figure out that when you switch your aids, they will do a flying lead change, and you're also changing your direction, so that helps the horse learn how to switch over to the new direction. Um, My last one, when I get a really tough one, a horse that doesn't want to change for some reason, and sometimes we have to check and make sure that there's not a physical problem, that when we as riders put weight in the saddle, the horse's hip hurts or something's going on there that doesn't impede the horse from wanting to do a flying lead change. But we might do it over a a pole or a very small jump, no more than 12 inches. And as the horse, so to speak, jumps over this obstacle, and we usually put it in the middle of the arena so we can do like a figure eight shape. And as you go across, you change your lead midair. Now that takes a little more skill on the rider and somebody who can is experienced at doing this to do this. But when you do it in air and change the lead midair, the horse can then get the idea that he can change leads midair. And then you can take that from the jump down to a ground pole. And then you take the ground pole away and the horse will eventually figure it out and change leads that way. And that is such a great idea, Cheryl. That one is so good for horses that do what Ann was talking about a little bit earlier in regards to cross-firing, where they're correct in front and not in back. A lot of times when you start fly-changing, they'll switch their shoulders, but they won't necessarily switch the motor, which is in back. And, of course, the first footfall of canter being the outside hind, when you're doing the correct lead, you really need the motor change. So while you go over a pole or, like you said, a small jump, then that gets the horse to engage their hind end first, so that they normally end up switching simultaneously and not cross-firing. So I, I love that one, too. That's, that's a really good Absolutely. one. Absolutely, yes. And it's amazing how we can take just these little 
ground pulls and that kind of stuff and really help the horse engage and sit down. And a lot of these problems often come from horses that have gotten used to doing everything on the front end and haven't figured out how to operate the back end yet, especially young horses. Well, there you have it. You can find links to today's guests as well as lots more tips at horsetipdaily.com. This podcast was made possible through the generous support of equestriancollections.com and listeners like you. Learn how you can help support Horse Radio Network programming and qualify for auditors-only perks by going to horsetipdaily.com and clicking on the Become an Auditor banner in the center of the page. This is Coach Jen, and I'll be back again soon with another tip. So until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the Horse Tip Daily. Please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show. <music>